Amen. Wasn't that beautiful? Beautiful. I want the young people to know you bless my heart, encourage me. And, uh, I think we need to we'll have a real quick vote tonight. We're going to we want to put instead of and Brother Sam did a great job on these, but um, we're going to put some TVs up here so we can put our announcements and things up. And so I'll talk with you about that after church, but. I don't know. I just feel led. Maybe, I don't know if all you young people would be willing to come up around the altar here tonight after church. And let's just gather around you and pray for you. That's the way I feel. How many of y'all think that'd be good? There was a lady that came in my office a few weeks ago, and um, all of you know her. She she recently, her son died, and uh, she walked in my office, and uh, she wanted to give some money to help someone, and she, she originally had said, help somebody that's on drugs, and as I was sitting there listening to her, I thought, why don't we try to help somebody before they get there? And I said, well, if you'd be okay with it, I said, um, I'm not going to take the money. I said, I don't like to <laughs> hold the money. But I said, um, if you wouldn't mind, we're having a camp coming up. And I said, I think it would be good maybe to help pay for one of these young people's um, way to camp. And um, I shared on Wednesday night a little bit of personal about my life and growing up and we were able to go to camp and uh, I remember there's just something special about camps. You get children away in that environment for a short period of time and uh, you know every camp that I went to really God worked in my heart but the sad thing was when I got out of the camp a few days later maybe a few weeks later you know maybe I started slipping back into the world but here's what I thought uh, even though, and that one of the things that encouraged me was when little Jordan come up to me Wednesday night after church and she shared that very thing. She said, I want to be a Christian all the time. Yeah. And uh, I understand what that means and I know God can help her to do that. But even if that little young lady fails, she'll always be able to go back to that moment. Amen. And maybe, you never know. Some of us might drift away from the Lord a little bit, and it's something like a camp, maybe a message, maybe a thought that what God will use to um, get a hold of our attention and get us back. And so um, I appreciate it. Now, I hope all of you young people, and by the way, all of you that, all of you that spoke tonight, bless my heart, but I, I want to say we need some young men to step up. <clears throat> we really do. <clears throat> So I'm praying for some young men in this church to step up. Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 23. And um, Now, in chapter 22, um, things started to look up. Chapter 21 in David's life is one that to be honest, as I read it, I'm shocked. You know, at the very end of it, you know, he lied to the priest. 
He took the showbread. He took the weapon. Then he went off to the enemy's land and um, he acted like he had to act like a crazy man there. But something happened between chapter 21 and chapter 22. We know he was on the bottom in chapter 21, but in chapter 22, we know that God sends him, his family, his family encourages him, and then he sends him a bunch of hoodlums to uh, be the captain of, and uh, we know that something's working in his heart. But I want to go back and remind you something in chapter 22. Because of David's sin, because of David and what he did that day at the priest, remember there was a man there by the name Doeg, and, and David seen him. And so he said, I knew that he was going to tell Saul. And so he did. Doeg went and told Saul. And, and the whole part of chapter 22 here, the last part from verse 6 to the end of the chapter, um, Saul goes to Elimelech and to all the priests, and he tells his men to kill him, to jump on him and kill him, and none of them would do it, so he instructs Doeg to do it, and Doeg does it and kills 85 of them. And in verse 22 of 1 Samuel chapter 22, the Bible says, And David, and in one man, Abiathar, he, he was spared, and he came and found David and told him what had happened. And I want you to notice what David said. And David said unto Abiathar, I knew it that day, when Doeg the Edomite was there, that he would surely tell Saul. Notice this, he said, I have occasioned the death of all the persons of my father's house. So his response to this was very noble. He didn't make an excuse for it. He owned it. And I believe he could own it because he had already repented of it. I believe in Psalm 34, which one of the young ladies quoted a verse out of there. Psalm 34 was the psalm that coincided between the time that he acted like a wild man and left Gath. And you'll see a lot of hard work there that was done in David's life. So his response to this is very notable. He said, I am the one that occasioned the death of all of these men. And so we preached a message that David was starting to come up from the bottom and there were signs in his life. But now, after he's been told that the 85 priests, and remember, he's just coming up from the bottom. He's been making some horrible decisions. Look at verse 1 of chapter 23. Then they told David, saying, Behold, the Philistines fight against Keilah, and they robbed the threshing floors. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and smite these Philistines? And the Lord said unto David, Go and smite the Philistines and save Keilah. And David's men said unto him, Behold, we be afraid here in Judah. How much more then if we come to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? Then David, notice this, inquired of the Lord yet again. And the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Keilah, for I will deliver the Philistines into thine hand. So David and his men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines and brought away their cattle and smote them with a great slaughter. So David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. And it came to pass when Abiathar, the son of Elimelech, fled to David to Keilah that he came down with an ephod in his hand. And it was told Saul that David was come to Keilah. And Saul said, God hath delivered him into mine hand, for he is shut in by entering into a town that hath gates and bars. And Saul called all the people together to war to go down to Keilah to besiege David and his men. And David knew that Saul secretly practiced mischief against him. And he said to Abiathar the priest, Bring hither the ephod. 
Then said David, O Lord God of Israel, thy servant hath certainly heard that Saul seeketh to come to Keilah to destroy the city for my sake. Will the men of Keilah deliver me up into his hand? Will Saul come down as thy servant hath heard? O Lord God of Israel, I beseech thee, tell thy servant. And the Lord said, he will come down. And then said David, will the men of Keilah deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, they will deliver thee up. Heavenly Father, again, I pray you'll help us. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning as I preached, he realizes that Saul's coming to kill him, so he fled. So again, we just see David's life. It's like a roller coaster. And by the way, isn't that like ours? And uh, he's a human, just like we are, and so he's struggling. And Jonathan knew it. Jonathan came to his side, and I'm thankful that Jonathan was a dear friend. He came, and the Bible said he strengthened his hand in God. Now notice, we don't know everything that he said, but we know that God gave enough here that Jonathan was a true friend because he strengthened his hand in God and encouraged him and reminded him of God's power, reminded him of God's presence, and he reminded him of God's promises. I want you to notice that he did not go and tell him everything that David did wrong. Amen. He didn't nitpick David to death. Because he knew that wasn't going to encourage him. He told him what he needed to hear. He gave him hope. And he explained to him that, look, the Lord's promised you. And he said, don't forget. And then he went on his way. But prior to that, what's interesting to me as I was talking to you this morning about the promises of God. And I really, because of all of the music and the testimonies this morning, I really... I wanted to do this, the, the message a little bit more justice, but I felt like I needed to be in a hurry, and I still preach too long. But let me just give you a few quotes about promises, because I, I believe we all need to really trust the promises of God. And this was really convicting to me. I found this. This is a quote by Martin Luther. What greater rebellion against God? What greater wickedness? What greater contempt of God is there? than not believing his promises. For what is this but to make God a liar or to doubt that he is truthful? I want to read that again. What greater rebellion against God, what greater wickedness, what greater contempt of God is there than not believing his promises? For what is this but to make God a liar or to doubt that he is truthful? God most high is attentive to us all every moment of every day. He always will be. Not one promise of his will fail. Not in the slightest detail. Instead, his promises will prove to be better than we expect. Better by far. Quote by Pink which I love his book on the gleanings of Genesis, the permanence of God's character guarantees the fulfillment of his promises. And then this little quote I found I thought was encouraging. Faith is always tied to a promise of God. (laughs) Always tied to the promise of God. Y'all ever tied an anchor up? Your anchor ever got loose? You get in trouble if the anchor gets loose, but I thank God our faith is tied to the promises of God. We'll never get loose. I thank God for that. But I want to just 
Chapter 23, you say, how are you going to preach through this? Well, there's, there's two passages, there's two statements that is said twice, and then the same principle is showed again on the third time. But notice how many times that David sought the Lord. In chapter 23, those first 12 verses that I read, notice how much interaction he had with the Lord. Now, this is totally different than the David that was running away from Saul and going to the priest and lying to him two times and taking the showbread and taking the weapon and then uh, going to uh, the enemy's land and acting like a wild man. This man is totally different than that guy. Now he's getting back to who he is to his core. And here's what I would basically say. He's seeking the Lord every move that he makes. By the way, that ain't a bad idea. That's the message. Seeking the Lord every move he makes. He's seeking the Lord with every move he makes. It's like he's going overboard now. He's just lived and went through all this trouble and he's caused death of 85 people and, and his decisions has affected so many people's lives. And so now he knows he has this ragtag band of men that's following him. And now he realizes that his leadership and his decisions make so much difference in other people's lives. So now it's like he's seeking the Lord in every move that he makes. By the way, that's not a bad idea. I'm going to keep saying that until I get some amens. I can promise you this, and I can say it for myself. I can't speak for you, but I can promise you all this. I probably am not doing what David's doing here and seeking the Lord before every move that I make. Are you? And by the way, can I just say as a parent here today, or a grandparent, you better be seeking the Lord for every move you make because every decision you make has a huge consequences on the people that's following you. So I just want to say he was seeking the Lord for every move that he made. By the way, that's not a bad idea. Can I say number one, he sought God for answers. Very simple, he sought God for answers. Look at verse 3, the Bible says in David, or verse 2, Therefore David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up, smite the Philistines? First thing he asked, Lord, do I need to go? In other words, he asked the Lord for answer. He asked the Lord for answer in prayer. But I'm thankful we know that we can seek the Lord for answers in prayer. But I, I just want to encourage, I think, application today. We can seek the Lord for answers every day in His Word. Well, it's quiet tonight. I guess it's just conviction. Do y'all understand we have a road map for life? I wonder how much of us are spending time in this, finding out the real meaningful answers of life. They're here. There's a bunch of do's, there's a bunch of don'ts, there's a bunch of thou shalt's, and there's a bunch of thou shalt not's. But I'll say this, every one of them comes from a loving father that knows best for us. Remember now, the Creator, in the days of thy youth, I made this statement on Wednesday night, or on Monday night or Wednesday night, maybe it was Wednesday night, I get them all confused now, but I said, why is that a command? And some young people say, I tell you right now, God's a mean old God, He gives us a bunch of commands, but God doesn't give us commands because He's mean, God gives us commands because He loves us. He says, remember now the creator of the days of thy youth. Because he knows what's going to happen to you at the end of your life when you don't live for the Lord. Your life's going to haunt you. Because he says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. While the evil days come. 
when they shall draw upon you and you shall say, I have no pleasure in them. Do you know I can tell you some sad, sad stories that have wasted their life and at the end of their life on their deathbed, the evil days are there and all they have is haunting memories of a wasted life. So God didn't give that promise or that command because he's mean. He loves us and he wants us to live a life full of abundantly, not just existing. So God, David sought God for answers. And by the way, the application tonight is we ought to seek God for answers. And yes, we ought to go to Him in prayer. We ought to seek the Lord in prayer. But we ought to also seek the Lord for the answers in the written word. He sought the Lord. What was he seeking the Lord over? Well, it's amazing. He's scared. He's scared. He's afraid. You say, Pastor, how do you know? It tells us. Look at verse 2. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and smite these Philistines? And the Lord said unto David, Go and smite the Philistines and save Keilah. And David's men said unto him, Behold, we be afraid. So we understand that God, David was seeking God for answers over fear. And by the way, if you want to have uh, uh, answers over fear, God will give them to you. We can live in defeat. We can live in despair if we choose to. But we don't have to because we can seek the Lord for answers over our fear. What are you afraid of tonight? What are you afraid of tonight? I think of the young people, fishers of men. You know what? You're going to be your greatest fear? Being told no, being rejected. None of us like to be rejected. That's why most of us won't witness because we know we're going to get rejected. That's a fear. You say, Pastor, is that, that's in the heart of everyone. Do y'all know when I was young and I had a little crush on a girl, do you know I, I wouldn't set out and just really go after that little girl just for the solid fact? You know why? I was afraid she wouldn't like me back. And rejection kept me. And praise God. What would you do? You put fillers out. You, you, you put people out there and said, hey, do you know so-and-so? Let me tell you this. I wouldn't be here tonight with my wife. I didn't put a filler out. I had two boys that went into Dairy Queen, and they, they scouted the trail for me. They lied to me, but here's what they said. They said, hey, she wants to talk to you. Well, that's all I needed. I walked across that street like I owned the place, and if I'd have known they were lying to me, I'd have, been, I'd have been pulling out of there with my tail tucked. But they were lying to me. said, oh, she wants to talk to you. She didn't tell them a thing. I walked in there like I owned that place. Like, yeah, I knew she'd come around. I walked up there. And man, sure enough, as soon as she sent me walk in that room, she said, hey, can I talk to you a minute? And I turned around to them two boys. And the Dairy Queen in Hinton, you can see outside, it's a big glass. I looked out there and they're out there going. <laughs> they thought they'd set me up for failure. Man, they just made me walk across there like, man, I was... That would have never happened if those men wouldn't have lied to me. And by the way, that's why most of us won't witness and be fisher men because we're scared to death of somebody telling us no. What are you scared of tonight? Then seek the answer. Here it is. Y'all got it all week, young people. How do you overcome fear of being fisher men? Follow Him. When you follow Him, He'll take your fear. Let me say this. Your fear of Him will be greater of every other fear. Following Him. So He sought God for answers over fear. Also, we ought to seek Him in His Word. We can seek Him for all of our answers of life, and I hope all of us are. 
He sought God for answers. Can I say this? He sought God for assurance. Now this is interesting to me. After verse 3, the Bible says David's men. Now David said, Lord, do I need to go up there? And the Lord said, yes, go. Then he told the boys and the men go, wait a minute. We're scared here. We're in danger here. Saul's chasing us like animals here. If we go to the Philistines, it's going to be worse. So now David was pretty confident. He said, man, the Lord's told me. But now here's what's amazing. He started to doubt. Have y'all ever doubted? Have y'all ever said, man, is that really what the Lord wants or is that not? And so what do we do? We always seek uh, for assurance. You know Gideon, we give Gideon a rough time because he say, oh, he put out a fleece, but we do the same thing. By the way, I think the Lord understands. By the way, we are human, right? And after these men, and by the way, they're men of valor. They, they become the mighty men of David. We know that they're some of the greatest warriors that ever lived. But the Bible said they were afraid. And so listen to me now. Their fear affected David. And you know what? So then he said, all right now. The Lord's done told me once, but now I'm doubting this thing. I'm questioning this thing because all these men are scared and doubting. So I better go to him again. It's like he's seeking the Lord before he makes a move. That's not a bad idea, by the way. Yeah. Amen. He said, Pastor Lord, you don't understand. I don't have assurance. I, don't, I doubt some things. Okay, well, seek the Lord for assurance. He'll give it to you. By the way, if it lines up with His Word, whether it's dark outside or raining, it's still right. I want you to think about this. I mean, you think about, um, I thought about them young men today. You know, they're all in college and, Lord only knows where they're going to be. Some of them might, you know, I don't know. But I can promise you all this. I never dreamed I'd be in Chattanooga. And I thought about this today. I, you know how scared it is to move out and leave everything you know and go and put your life in the hands of a group of people? My grandpa said it right. He said, when I, he didn't understand when I went off to Bible college. He said, Mark, where are you going to go? What are you going to earn? What are you going to, are you going to learn at Bible college? What kind of degree are you going to get? I said, grandpa, I'm going to learn to serve the Lord. I'm going to he said, in other words, you're going to have a church take care of you all your life? That's what he said. I said, well, no. I mean, I don't look at it like that. But I want y'all to be, I mean, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I mean, when a pastor comes and puts his life and his family in, a, in the life of the church, that's what he's doing. Do y'all know how many horror stories I've heard of churches hurting the pastor and his children? Do you know how many young wives that I know that followed their husband off to go pastor a church somewhere and the church was so mean to them? If you mention ministry to them, they won't touch it. I know of a couple that I went to, to school with and he was so excited. He was called out west and uh, he went out there to work and honestly, they about killed the man. And just here recently, I'm thankful I was able to go to a particular church and I thank God that lady that was so bitter towards ministry and church, I thank God she was serving in a ministry. But you say, Pastor Mark, do we have fears of things? Yes, we have doubts. Yes, I mean, my soul, I want to be honest with you. I'm up in a tree, Brother Jimmy keeps calling and I'm going, I don't know if I need to go down there or not. 
One day I felt good about it, the next day I didn't know. And there would be times I'd say, I just got to call him and ask him another question. And I'm thankful every time I called, he answered. But you know, where I had to get assurance, I had to get assurance from him. Because there are doubts. We don't always know every little detail of our life and every perfect will of God. And so we've got to seek the Lord for counsel. We've got to seek the Lord for answers. We've got to seek the Lord for His assurance. He'll give it to you. And here's what I love. He was patient with David. He said, Lord, do I need to go up? Yes, go up. And then he heard his men, they were doubting, made him doubt. So he goes to the Lord again. So it tells us a little bit about the Lord. He's patient. Are we patient with people that ask us the same thing over and over? I'll be the first to tell you no. If I say it once, someone comes and asks me again. I said, well, did you not hear? But I'm glad he didn't do that. Here's what he said. He says, no, David, I've done assured you. You go on. You do what I told you. He said, I'm going to deliver them into your hands. I love our God. It amazes me that he's patient with us because I'm going to tell you right now, I give him a lot of trouble. I know people put you out and people put me out. Can you imagine how much we put God out? But how patient he is with David. He said, no, son. He said, you go on now. I've done told you. He said, you go on now. My same answer is true. You go. But he added something to it. He said, I'll deliver them into your hand. I'll take care of it for you. So he sought the Lord. He sought God for answers. He sought God for assurance. He was seeking the Lord in every move that he made. That's not a bad idea. Then I want to close with this. He sought God for counsel. There at the very end, they deliver the men, they deliver the city. Saul finds out that he's there. They're getting ready to come down and besiege the city. And he knew what was going to happen. The, Saul was going to go to the men of Keilah, the leader, said, look, I know you've got David in there. If you don't let him out, come out, we're going to destroy your city. So David was concerned. The men, are they going to give me up even though I just spared them from the Philistines? And God said, yeah, they're going to give you up. So David had to leave. But here's what's amazing. He asked God for wisdom to deal with a situation that I thought was interesting. He sought God for counsel because he knew his decisions was going to affect six other men. You know what he really asked for right there? Wisdom. Counsel. I was uh, sitting there at a restaurant today. I hadn't got to talk much to the crown guys and so we took them out to lunch and before they left, by the way, they said this is one of our favorite churches. that we, They said they've been traveling all week, all summer. He said this has been one of our favorite churches. He said this church was so kind, so gracious, and that was encouraging to me. But I asked everyone, I'm individually, I said, look, before you boys leave, I said, would each one of you be willing to give me something that I could pray about you specifically that we could pray for you about? Would you give it? And here's what Nathan, the leader of the group, he looked at me. He was the first one. And here's what he said. This was all he said. He said, I need wisdom. That's good stuff. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That's what David was asking for. He says, Lord, are these men going to give me up? Yes, son, they're going to give you up. 
He sought God for counsel. His moves, his decisions, he knew. Now look, this is a different David than when he was standing in front of Abiathar and knew Doeg was watching. This is a different man that didn't care that his actions has just caused 85 deaths. But boy, he's a different man now. He says, Lord, I need to make sure I make this decision right. I'm going to seek you for answers. I'm going to seek you for guidance. I'm going to seek you for assurance. It's like before he made a move, he sought the Lord on everything. It's not a bad idea. Amen. Y'all get it in a minute. Here's the gist of the story. You seek in the Lord every move you make. Every little decision you make, are you asking the Lord, Lord, is this right? You giving me peace here? Is this what your word says? Or are we just being blown around like the wind of the world? However, whatever. Whatever I feel like today, God, that's what I'm going to do. No, he sought the Lord for answer. He sought God for counsel. If any like wisdom, let him ask of God. I've asked that question, and I'm not being ugly about it. I don't know. I've answered it maybe like that a few times. But I've never had a young man ever answer a prayer request like that. He looked at me, and I, I, that was it. I said, what would you, and Nathan started, and I love that he said, wisdom. So I need wisdom. You know what he's asking for? To seek the Lord for counsel. Do you know what? People will give you counsel all the time, but I can promise you this. God's counsel will never fail you. I hope and pray. Young people, I hope you'll learn young. You ought to seek the Lord before you make a move. I mean, before you take a test. Before you you become a friend with somebody. Before you go somewhere, before you get up out of bed in the morning, school's getting ready to start. You ought to be praying every morning and say, Lord, help me today. I'm going to be tempted in so many different ways. God, I need you to help me today. I'm going to have situations that will come into my life today. And Lord, I'm not going to be able to answer, but you're going to have to give me wisdom. I'm going to tell you something right now. David was seeking the Lord before he made a move. And I hope we'll follow suit. Amen. I'll promise you this, there'll be no drug addicts in here. There won't be one young person get hooked on drugs if they'll practice that. There'll not be one person here that will become a drunk if they'll practice that. Seek the Lord before you make a move. There'll be no late night phone calls at night. Pastor, we're down at the hospital and so-and-so was drinking, he's had a car accident. There'll be none of that. I think we better get to like David. Maybe he was overdoing it, but I don't. can we ever really overdo it before we make a move? We ought to seek the Lord, oughtn't we? In a matter of just a few minutes, he kept out, Lord, can I, should I, should I, could I, would I, would I, could I? That's the way we ought to live. Amen? Amen. How many of you young people would be willing to come up around an altar, let your parents get around you first, your family? But here's the way I'd like to pray. Every one of these young people's future is bright if they will seek the Lord before they make a move.
And the week of camp was a good start. But it can't stop. You know what? It's going to be the hardest time when school starts. Because you're going to be around people that don't, they're not, it's not going to be as easy for, it's not going to be as easy for you. When you're at a camp with people in your church, it makes it a little easier. When you get to school and you're around other influences, it's a little tougher. But listen to me. If you'll seek the Lord, he'll help you. Y'all know I mentioned this morning, how many of y'all... Wouldn't y'all like to see the next pastor of this church come from this church? Yeah. How many of y'all like, I'll step down and let him have it. <laughs> I, I'm being honest. How many of you would love to see a young man out of this church that loves this church, has a heart for this church, you'd like to see a young man like that pastor of this church? Would y'all like to see that? Amen. Well, the Bible says, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that will send forth labors into the field. How about we pray that tonight? I'm going to ask every one of these young people that's comfortable. I'm not going to make you. Parents, you can if you want. That's up to you. But I would love for some young people to come around tonight and let's just gather around you and pray for you. Would you let us do that? If you would do that, grab your mom and dad's hand or whoever you're sitting with. If your mom and dad's not here, come on down. And we will have folks come around you and pray. I want you to do that. Would you come tonight? All the young people that would. Just step on out. Come on down here. And then I'm going to ask all that would. Let's gather up around them. Y'all come on up. Let's ask all of you that would come around. Let's just make this a place of prayer tonight. And let's earnestly pray that God will continue the work in the hearts of young people. Don, would you pray with us tonight? Would you do that? Let's pray. Father, Lord, as we're gathered around this altar tonight and also those still in the pews tonight making an altar there, I pray, Lord, for every single one of these boys and girls, teenagers that's gathered here tonight. Lord, <clears throat> You say in your word to suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of heaven. And Lord, you love children. You loved each one of us. You love us tonight. So I pray, dear Father, Lord, that you would take what has been said in the camp this week to these young people, as several gave testimony tonight on different things they remember. I pray, dear Father, Lord, that you put up a special hedge of protection around each one of them as they are living in a world that's a little different than when we were growing up. But yet, Lord, I pray to our Father, Lord, that they can be bold and a shining light for Thee. And yes, school is starting soon, and I pray to our Father, Lord, You give them wisdom and understanding there that they want to do their best in their subjects, but also they want to do best as they live before others. So many things come before them. 
They're no different than we are. I pray, dear Father, Lord, that you'd help them. Help them to seek you. Seek you first in everything. As the pastor said tonight, we saw there in the first Samuel to everything to seek you first and give everything to you so that every decision we make, we turn to you first. So, Lord, I pray for wisdom for them. I pray, Lord, they would seek wisdom. And, Lord, I especially pray for their parents. Give them wisdom. Help them. And now, Father, Lord, you guide each and every step. Lord, it gets, it gets rough at times. It's hard. We want the best for children. Every one of us do. So, our Lord, I know one thing we know. The best for them is you. So, I pray to your Father. Help them. Help us as a church to help them. Help us to be kind and considerate of each one of them. Help us to be what we ought to be in front of them. I pray, dear Father, Lord, that you guide and direct. We're going to praise you, Lord, tonight for what you have done this week, what you're going to do in their lives. And I pray, dear Father, Lord, for men, boys and to grow up, that they be called of you to be a pastor, to be a preacher, whether it's here or other places. I pray, dear Father, Lord, that we could see that happen here. Oh, do we need it today? Do we need young people to give their lives to God? Lord, help us all to give our life to you tonight. But help them, God and direct. Well, thank you. And may we take this night and remember that maybe on this night, this was a starting point for me. I pray in your precious name. Amen. 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 Amen.